if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of food. food. First, do you ever grab a hot dog and uh, drink at the food court at Costco? It's $1.50. Well, wait till you hear what they're thinking of adding to the menu at the Costco food court. Okay. Sushi. They already sell it in Hawaii and Japan, and now it may be coming to a Costco near you. Really? Yeah. Second, uh, see if this sounds like a fun job to you. The University of Wisconsin is hiring an official cheese taster. (laughs) You have to be willing to try 12 pizzas and 24 cheeses a week. Can you believe it? You get paid to eat cheese? Get it? Uh (laughs) Relieve it? Uh, Our dog, Jackson, the Scottish Terrier, he had a previous owner before we adopted him, and we Mm -hmm. discovered how much he loves cheese. So we would Mm. always say it like, cheese. Our dogs go nuts over cheese. Um, Charlie, the stinkier, the better. Like if it's like the most pungent cheese, the better. And Marco, if you have one of those string cheese things, you know, that you peel the plastic back, he hears that noise. It's, it is game Mm -hmm. on. And finally in the world of food, can you guess what drives our brains to crave comfort food? Mm, Stress. Chronic stress. Good guess. All that stress can override your brain's natural response to feeling full. We end up craving more sweet and high calorie foods as well. Hmm. Uh, and it's just so darn good, right? Why does food that's so bad for us have to taste so good? See, in order to not crave bad stuff, I just need to retire and move to Italy. That's all it's going to take. And you'd be stress free. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know that anyone moves to Italy with the idea of like, I'm going to lose weight and move to Italy. <laughs> Seems counterintuitive to me. If I moved, it's to, because I won't be stressed. I can eat whatever I want, and if, I won't be. If I moved to Italy, I would be Luciano Pavarotti within like a year, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd love it. <laughs> Coming up, would you be willing to go into debt just to attend a wedding? Would you be willing to go into debt just to attend a wedding? How about to be in a wedding? No one uh, is just a bridesmaid anymore, for example. You have the bachelorette trip and then the lingerie (laughs) shower and the wedding shower and all the things just really start to add up. Uh, Social media has pressured people into wanting more luxurious weddings, destination weddings, bachelorette trips and other wedding related expenses. And according to a new poll, 40 percent of people have gone into a debt just to attend a wedding And it jumps to 62% of people have gone into debt to be part of the bridal party. No kidding. Wow. That's just crazy. My wife and I were out one night and there was a bridal party out. You know, the bride had on the sash and the crown and they Mm -hmm. all had on matching shirts and stuff. And I was a little flattered because they said, hey, the bride needs to, she has a scavenger list and she has to get a picture. Can she get a picture with you? And I was like, oh, okay. What did she need? The most handsome guy in the room? She said, no, someone who looked like it could be her dad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are a dad of adult kids. (laughs) But man, yeah, I could see where you're like, was the scavenger hunt take a picture of a guy with gray hair? (laughs) So you know that whole thing about uh, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice? There is rejoicing in our family today. The group text that's called Mom and Sisters is off the rails for something really cool that's going on. I'll tell you what it is next. I'm sure you have a group text with your family members like so many of us do. And sometimes they're, that group text is blowing up like you get back to your phone and there's 20 texts because of 
something tough that's happening. Like everyone's going, I'll pray, I'm praying. Um, This time, my group text that's called Mom and Sisters, I have four sisters, is blowing up because one of our sisters is celebrating her 25th wedding anniversary and they're leaving today for an Alaskan cruise. Wow. And this is a big nice. deal because they live in middle America. They live in Muncie, Indiana. She uh, stayed home and raised her three kids and homeschooled them. And uh, dad would go off to work all kinds of crazy hours. So you can imagine how long they've been saving for this cruise. And my sister sent us a picture um, it was, it's, it's like a, one of those joyful pictures worth a, a thousand wor- words. Um, they have matching t-shirts that she made in her Etsy shop that she has supplement the family income. And she's like, yes, I am one of those people that made homemade t-shirts for a <laughs> cruise. And it says Alaska 25th wedding anniversary cruise in the year they were married Aww. in 2023. And the other thing that makes it really, really special is that's how our mom and dad celebrated their 25th. Oh, no kidding. They went on a cruise to Alaska. And no so kidding. it's like history repeating themselves. Huh. And we're just so happy for them. That is cool. Wow. Bon voyage. You you love birds. <laughs> so uh, your sister going on a 25th wedding anniversary cruise to Alaska. That is awesome. And uh, my wife and I, when we celebrated our 25th, we took a cruise too. I, is that a thing? Do a lot of people do that on their, on their Maybe. 25th? They take a cruise. Um, we went complete opposite direction from Alaska. We went to Cuba. Wow. Um, and we took all, and we took all of our kids with us. That's so special. Which people thought was nuts. They were like, "Wait a minute, it's your anniversary. Why are you taking your kids?" And we're like, "Because we're a family. We wanted them to go along." And it's a trip we'll never forget. That's uh, awesome. Including my daughter, uh, youngest daughter, who we were taking a, a walking tour of Havana, and uh, we went to a restaurant, and we didn't know this. One of the waiters slipped her his Facebook address, and they became friends on Facebook. And she came to me very sheepishly and said, "Dad." This guy from Cuba is asking me to be his sponsor so he can come to America. Can I do that? <laughs> Whoops. No, you may not. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, no, and uh, we need to unfriend him right now. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. I don't know about you, but um, this is my first Father's Day that I'm facing this weekend without my dad. Oh, that's and, tough. Uh, ooh, so sorry. It is. Yesterday, it just... Way someone taught me about waves of grief, and it was like a tidal wave yesterday. I think just anticipating the weekend ahead, and mm. um, I was also uh, while I was trail running, I was listening to a podcast that my niece Arielle sent me, and she has had a lot of sorrow and grief in her life. Um, she desperately, she's a foster mom, and she desperately these these last children. Uh, two little girls and a baby boy she got uh, starting at two days old. The system kept them with them for four years. So she desperately had she cried out to God, like, please let me have these kids. Let me adopt them, Lord. And God had other plans. So uh, when, you know, a niece like that sends you a podcast on grief, you're like, OK, uh, I'm all ears. And it was so fascinating. It's, it's, it's even a big deal that I'm telling you about my wave of grief right now, because we all, this podcast talked about how we all try to stuff our grief and we get mad at ourselves that we haven't moved on. And, and we feel like there's something wrong with us because we're hurting. And yet Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and that it's, it's okay. And that the more that we, let each other know that we're hurting, the more we cannot feel so alone. He said human beings and the 
the brain are not designed to heal by themselves and sorrow and grief can't be processed without the caring presence of others. And so that's why I thought, you know what? I'll be brave. I will tell you that this is not an easy time for me. Um, missing my dad. So if that's you too, I know there's, I'm so not the only one who's facing the first Father's Day without their dad. Or maybe you have a dad that wasn't there for you and it's even harder even though he might be alive, he's not, quote, present with you. So if that is you, I just uh, encourage you today, just lean on our Father, our heavenly, perfect Father, who loves you unconditionally, so much so that he sacrificed his only son for you. So um, we'll get through it, right? <laughs> we'll pray for each other this weekend. Have you been at your job for a long time? Coming up, check out what this dad has been doing faithfully for 50 years. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good this man in Phoenix named Mark Woolston has been delivering packages for UPS for 50 years. Talk about dedication to his job and his family, huh? Dating back to the June of 1973. Get this. He's driven more than 1 million miles and hasn't had a single accident He's been a UPS driver longer than anyone in the state of Arizona, but now he decided to retire. His customers are very sad, but not his family. It's taken me at least four weeks to wrap my mind around the whole idea of retiring, but I am really looking forward to spending more time with my wife and my three daughters and my four grandchildren. Well-deserved after Mm. 50 years. And get this, you'd think after that many years of out in the hot sun in Arizona and lifting all those heavy packages, he would just want to like sit on a rocking chair. Uh, no, he wants to play some golf and play pickleball <laughs> in, reti- in addition to spending time with his family. Well, he's probably like, I'm UPS fit, you know, from yeah. all, that, all that lifting and walking and everything else. When, when else will I be this fit? I'm going to dedicate my life to True. Pick- pickleball yeah. now. Smart decision. <laughs> Do you have a situation in your family where your kids are teenagering hard, like maybe especially (laughs) girls, women, teenagers? It's crazy. But uh, my nieces are teens and they did something so cool the other day. I can't wait to tell you about it next. You know what it's like to have a teenager. One day they're teenagering hard. The other day they're doing something so sweet and so caring. And you're like, wow. That's the version of my kid that I really love. Um, but uh, this is pretty cool. My nieces, it's, it seems surreal to say this out loud. They are now 16 and 19 years old. One of them just finished her freshman year of college already. Hmm. Um, I can't believe that. It goes by like, so fast. Yeah. I, all these memories are popping up from summer's past of fun things we did together. And uh, anyway, they had a family visit them. And this family has three boys and a girl. And the mom asked Laura and Ava, would you do kind of like a makeup tutorial for my daughter? She wants to learn a little bit about makeup. I don't know anything about makeup. Her brothers can't help her. So can you help her? And so Laura did a tutorial and she put makeup on her younger sister. And then when that was done, they said, do you want to try it yourself? And she didn't want to. So Ava did the makeup on this 14 year old Hmm. and Rhoda, my sister said it was just the sweetest thing to witness to first. She learned a lot about makeup. She had no clue. I guess (laughs) these girls have learned it from watching all these YouTube videos, but just the kindness and the caring that her daughters were showing this young girl who felt very awkward and just, you know, she's still at that age where she's trying to 
figure it all out. And uh, it was just hmm. that she said it was probably one of her sweetest moments as a mom yeah, to think, watch her daughters do that. I think they probably uh, felt like they had a real life Barbie doll. Yeah. <laughs> they got to relive their <laughs> relive their youth yeah. a little bit, right? Great story of your nieces uh, pitching in to help a little girl who didn't know how to do her makeup. That is so sweet. Yeah. And I love that they're older and, and they really embraced it. Because when my daughters, we have uh, four kids, three daughters, and they're very close in age. But what that meant was when they were like, I don't know, 11, 10, and 9, the 9-year-old would be the guinea pig. Oh. For the older two, and she didn't know it. Oh, <laughs> she thought, oh, my older sisters are including me. But what they were really doing was seeing, I wonder what it will look like if we cut our own bangs. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that happened to my twin sisters when they were little. But really, it's funny, after hearing this story, every morning now when I put on my makeup, I'm like, okay, when can I have Laura and Ava over to do a tutorial for me? Because I really do know nothing about My sister said she learned about primer and yeah. who knew this about powder. And I guess there's this thing called contouring. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing. So yeah. I'm kind of excited. I, I'm going to, maybe I can lure them over with free food. Or they'll dash your hopes and they'll send you a link to a YouTube video. <laughs> I know. I run, I want to learn in person from Just them. watch this YouTuber. You'll know yeah. everything. So being a dad, boy, nothing will prepare you for being a dad. There's not a book, seminar, podcast around that will prepare you adequately for that moment when a little life comes into the world, helpless, defenseless completely dependent on you, nothing will prepare you for those moments. When, when your kids are growing up, like uh, first words and first steps, endless diapers, endless dinners, endless sleepless nights. How about their first sleepovers, first report cards, endless homework, class projects, and Saturday morning games where you're like, oh, I just wanted to sleep in. I did not want to get up this early, but off you go. Or those recitals. That you're just waiting for your kid to perform. <laughs> you don't want to see everybody else. Oh, here's one. Nerve-wracking. First driving lessons. Huh? All these are jo- under the job description of dad. Here's one that you can't prepare for. First dates. Especially when it's your daughters. Oh, my gosh. Endless anxious moments waiting for them to come home from going out on that date or the first time they drive away by themselves. Oh, my goodness. You're just like, it could be like a five-minute trip to the grocery store, and it feels like it's taking forever. About the first time they leave home for college, remember that for me, Taylor, when I dropped my son off? Oh, my Mm. gosh, I was a wreck. Dropped him off in Boston. We drove all of his stuff up, and I cried from Boston to New York the entire way. And then the first time they come home from college with all their crazy new ideas and telling you, like, you have no idea what you're talking about, Dad. That's a moment. Endless conflicts after that. And they're all they're doing is trying to fly for independence and you're trying to hold on as much as you can. They don't prepare you for that when they tell you, you're going to be a dad. How about the first time they tell you, I've found the one. Oh, first time that one of them says I do. My wife and I are still waiting for that one. But I imagine on that day, it's going to be a lot of tears. And when you look back on all those firsts and all those times, that you thought were going to be endless. Like, this is never going to end. Our kids are going to be little forever. And it, that's just not true. It goes by like that. And you realize being a dad is a journey of giving and receiving and investing in someone and someone else. And through all of that, you become more of yourself. And it's never finished. It's endless. Even beyond our final breath after your dad has gone on to heaven, 
dad's still going to be with you. The job is still not done because you will think after your dad is gone, what would dad have done here? I wonder what dad's advice would be. Well, you know what dad did when this happened? So if you're a dad, happy Father's Day. If you're about to become a dad, you got the biggest and best job ever straight ahead of you. Happy Father's Day, y'all. Hey, do you have a doggy door coming up? Beware the unexpected guest. Hey, do you have a doggy door? We had one for 19 years at our previous house, and we would talk occasionally about what if a raccoon or an armadillo came in through the doggy door? Mm-hmm. But catch the, get this, a married couple who lives in Roswell, Georgia, had a vulture come through their doggy door, Eww. and it was all caught on the ring doorbell. How did they get in the house? Through the doggy door. We're never opening that doggy door again. <laughs> The interaction between them is hysterical. First, they were really worried about their dog. Then their dog came out right away. They called the dog. The dog comes uh-huh. out on the front porch, tail wagging. And then the wife is like, I got this. And she gets all these umbrellas, these golf umbrellas. Yeah. And her husband filmed her while she chased the vulture out of the house. And she's like, you tell she just meant business. And they think the vulture may have been attracted to a teddy bear lying on the floor, thinking it was, you know. But how did it figure out the doggy up? door? That's the big thing, right? How I, did it I guess it just all that out? flew right through. But yeah, I mean, this is the most riveting video. You have to Google it. We should talk Hysterical. about creature encounters. Have you ever had something bizarre like that happen? A vulture in the kitchen. What? <laughs> Can you imagine the moment of recognition when you saw that? Your brain probably just couldn't compute what it was seeing. So if you have a good creature story, creature encounters, we'd love to hear from you. So we're talking about animal encounters. Do you have a good story of an encounter with an animal? I have one that happened to me yesterday. I'll share that in a minute. And we have some friends that moved to Tucson. They had something really creepy and weird in their house. I'll tell you about that, too. We're talking about animal encounters. Uh, people had a vulture come through their cat or their dog door. That's just crazy. We I had an animal encounter yesterday. First, I want to tell you about my friends that just moved to the desert. They just moved to Tucson, Arizona uh, around Christmas time last year. And something they've been living in anticipation of is scorpions. Because, I mean, they lit their houses in the middle of the desert. Yeah, T- my husband Tucson, Arizona. grew up in Texas and you'd check your sheets before you crawl in bed. They had their first one. In their their laundry room, mm. and they posted it. But this is what he looked like moments before he got squashed. Because <laughs> apparently they're like, if you're allergic, that can be a life threatening if you get bit by one of them. So anyhow, that was their animal encounter yesterday. But mine yesterday, um, I was sitting out on our front porch, just relaxing for a couple of minutes, and up runs Rosie the golden retriever. She lives in the next subdivision over behind that. There's a single family home. They have like 10 acres and they have two dogs that they just let run. They're both golden retrievers. They are the nicest, friendliest dogs you would ever come across. Please tell me you had fallen asleep in the sun and she put her nose on you. No, but here's the problem. (laughs) That would have been so funny. As nice as that is and as charming as it sounds, those dogs drive my five dogs absolutely crazy. Because they just lope around their big, furry, chubby dogs, and they just kind of lump around the neighborhood. Hey, here I am. Hi, what are you doing? And we've called our neighbors. Everyone in our neighborhood has called the owners before and said, your dog's over here. Can, come, can you come get them? And when you tell them, like, hey, your dog's been wandering around. It's kind of dangerous. They're walking in the street, and they're like, oh, well, literally, what are you going to do? Hmm. Uh, Keep your dog in. <laughs> I know why your dogs go fence. crazy. I think it's because they're jealous of their freedom. 
<laughs> they go crazy because they see another dog and it's just, I worry about their dog, the dog's safety. I mean, these dogs are sweet, but I worry about their safety. Not everyone loves dogs. Not everyone would be as nice as we are if they, they come, you know, walking up. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? And it can be kind of if you don't know the dog and you've maybe had a past bad experience with a dog and this dog just comes running up to you. Yeah, bad things can happen. It's just irresponsible dog ownership. But Rosie hung out with me. She would not go away. <laughs> I mean, the first thing I always say is, Rosie, go home. Rosie, go home. Which she looks at me like I might as well be saying, would you like a treat? Because <laughs> she's not going anywhere. <laughs> and then she finally just got bored of me and moved on. But that, that was my animal encounter yesterday. Do you have any animal encounter stories? We'd love to hear yours. Maybe you have something a little more dramatic than a nice, friendly golden retriever dropping by your house. Kathy, we're talking about animal encounters. Do you have a good story for us? I do, I do. When my kids were younger, uh, they used to love turtles. And I'm I'm going down a road, and I see a turtle in the middle of the road, and I want to get out and rescue this turtle. So get out of my van and reach down to go pick the turtle up. The turtle did a 180 and... <laughs> Chased me back into my vehicle. <laughs> if somebody had been watching from the sidelines with video, they would have won on America's Got Talent. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> so chased by a turtle. When I say the turtle chased me in back into my vehicle, he literally did. He went underneath my vehicle, and then I couldn't move. Because I didn't know he was underneath. I didn't know where he was. And I didn't want to squash him either. So, there's my encounter. What are the chances? That is a shell of a story. That's, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Kathy, thank you so much for making us laugh so hard. That was awesome. Y'all have a great day. Thank you. The next time you're on a flight, you might want to leave your seatbelt on the entire time. I sure do. If you've had a really bumpy flight with a lot of turbulence lately, you're definitely not the only one. New research indicates that air travel has become increasingly bumpy over the past 40 years. In fact, uh, transatlantic flights, if you go to Europe or somewhere overseas, appear to be the most at risk for turbulence. Mm. It's called clear air turbulence. And what's happening is warmer air is amplifying wind shear within the jet streams. And there are some flights that are so rough, you know people are like, okay, Lord, everything <laughs> everything that happened before today, like there's just got to be come to Jesus moments on those oh, flights. Absolutely, yeah. You're just like, is this it? <laughs> Ooh. Scary. When you think about it, isn't it wild how easily we get hurt, how many weird things we do to injure ourselves? Mm -hmm. And Kev, you tried to warn all of us to not get hurt like you got hurt. And our producer Griffin went and did it anyway. Uh Oh, (laughs) we'll find out what happened in just a minute. So, uh, Griff, you uh, did something that Kevin tried to warn all of us on the radio not to do. And you got hurt. I did, yes. I was at the ho- at home last night, and um, I noticed our trash can in the kitchen was kind of full. I was like, all right, I'm going to press this down to create a little more space. Oh. And I go to do it. Well, apparently, my wife had recently thrown away a foil box thing. You know, oh, it has those a little, are so sharp. Yeah, that, yes. so you can cut it on there. It has it built in. And I didn't notice. I sliced my finger on that box oh. that was in there. Oh. And, and immediately, you know, gushing of blood and I, you know i'm trying to rinse it off and everything and i'm like in my mind i'm mad at her for throwing it away sarah why did you throw this away here in the trash can why would you do that <laughs> fool uses the trash right. can come on 
and uh, you know, I get it cleaned up and I'm like trying to find a Band-Aid desperately going around the house and I mm-hmm. finally find one in the kids' room and it's a frozen Band-Aid. <laughs> At least though, it's not one of the princesses. It's the guy from right. Frozen. That's whoever good. he is. It's so. not even Olaf. It's the guy. Christoph Hans? Hans? Or, I, don't I don't know. There was about a four-year period of my life where it was always Dora the Explorer. Oh, yeah. oh really? I don't know if Tracy bought like the, the 300-pack or something yeah. of Dora Band-Aid. Dates, but yeah. But oh, didn't man. you just yeah, get yeah, hurt? Yeah, I just did that with a can. There was a can. Oh, and yeah. Pushed it down. Can of dog food or something. Oh, yeah. Ouch. And I was like, I'm going to probably have to get a tetanus shot or something. Now Seriously. <laughs> Both of you. Why are they throwing things away in the trash can? I don't know. What are they doing? <laughs> Do like, that's why we set it off to the side of the trash can. Yeah. Not in the trash can. No one gets hurt. Taylor, do you know what this is? Ow! Ow! What is that sound? Yes. That is is a recording of me on a trail run when I fall. (laughs) Uh, No. Um, But it is pretty funny. Something happened to somebody during a live broadcast. We'll talk about it next. Do you know what this sound is? Ow! 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 It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. That's Yankees broadcaster John Sterling, who did not keep his eye on the ball when a foul ball came up into the broadcast booth. And it, it fortunately hit the desk first that he was broadcasting. It glanced off the side of his head. Ouch. Yeah. I, it's funny to think about how high that is. The yeah. broadcast booth is way up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ow. Ow. Hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Yeah, watch out. Incoming. The, the video of it with his glasses falling off and stuff went by. Well, he's okay. It's the only reason we can joke about it is yeah. he, he's totally okay. I think his his ego might be a little bruised. <laughs> <laughs> that he literally, as the announcer, took his uh, eye off the ball. But it was at the end of the ninth inning and he hung in there and he, he made the final final call and final out of the game uh, and, moved, and moved on. That but, is wild. But yeah, you never, you, you never think about that, right? For those... Uh, I think the most famous, um, and this was from a movie, it wasn't from an actual ball game of of a ball going into the broadcast booth, was in Bull Durham in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Nuke Lelouch is on the mound, and he's throwing 100 miles an hour, and they're like, his his control is a little bit of an issue. And remember, and he throws it through the broadcast booth window, Yikes. and the broadcaster ducks, and he goes... That one's a little high and outside. <laughs> <laughs> That was so wild, that story you just told in the audio you had of the uh, baseball announcer getting hit by a foul ball way up in the broadcast booth. And did you say that was at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, yeah, it was a Yankees broadcaster. I don't know what the deal is with the Yankee Stadium, but you probably heard about this because it happened a couple weeks ago. But did you hear and see the video about the squirrel that stole the show at Yankee Stadium when they were taking on the Orioles? No. (laughs) This squirrel starts running across the wall where the people are in the very fancy, expensive seats right (laughs) along the field. And they put it in slow-mo. And the squirrel's running along. And some people are like, <gasps> and their mouths and eyes are wide. Like, no, not a squirrel. My, my niece, Arielle, is petrified of squirrels. No kidding. Um, oh, she can't squirrels? stand squirrels. Yeah. And then other people are just watching the game oblivious to the squirrel. And mm. then it go, it jumps off the wall, like flies down and starts running on the field. And I've never mm-hmm. seen slow-mo of a squirrel before. Mm-hmm. They run exactly like your greyhound dogs. <laughs> it's wild with their haunches and everything. They're and very then, dignified in slow-mo. <laughs> yes. And then the squirrel ran over to the, the Orioles um, dugout and mm-hmm. they started feeding it uh, sunflower seeds. 
Isn't that crazy? What is the deal with Yankee? Nothing like the goose on the field. I mean, that was like epic when that happened. But this mm-hmm. squirrel really stole the show. You remember, I forget what player it was. Can't remember what player it was, but there was a player who hit a bird in flight <gasps> one time during no. during batting practice. <laughs> and the rumor was that like he did it on purpose or something. No, so that's one in a million. An- animal rights people started Come protesting on. and stuff. <laughs> There's no way he could do that on purpose. But yeah, I mean, you got these big open. I mean, New York City, you got this big open grassy field. A squirrel's like, I'm home. Yeah, <laughs> right? and they have they serve sunflower seeds. <laughs> right, this is heaven.